new pennant. I don't know if to say it's bringing luck, but it did get here before the Guardians swept the White Sox today. So maybe. I didn't expect a sweep after getting swept by the Giants. It is a fun team. It is an interesting team. We're going to go deep on this series, and we will preview the upcoming weekend affair as well for your suddenly very hot Cleveland Guardians. All of that on today's show. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Jeff Ellis. I'm the host of Locked On Guardians. Next week, we'll hit 700 episodes of me as host of Locked On Guardians. Before that, I was a lead prospect and draft analyst at 24-7 and scout before that, and Indians baseball insider before that, Indians prospect insider before that. And that was really my first official home. Uh, I did, if you want to go way back, I don't even know if MySpace exists, but I remember writing articles in the like side corner of that. It's just like, hey, this is something I want to consider. Maybe I should try it. Uh, you've probably heard of me through any Cleveland sports blog that's talked about the draft. That was kind of what I was most famous for. But after 700 episodes, I think uh, I'm probably, my focus hasn't necessarily shifted. I am still like, I'm having a lot of fun with this draft class and the catchers I talked about yesterday. If I start now, I'm going to be in trouble. People are asking about a mock. We'll do a mock very soon on this show. Uh, the unfortunate truth of the matter is day job, five day a week podcast, two children under five. The writing is what gets the axe in those situations. Um, but yeah, this is a fun time to be a Guardians fan. Uh, I thought they were going to... Your first place, Guardians, by the way. Should I go ahead and say it? First place, Cleveland Guardians. You can see I got my pennant. It only took about a half a month due to a mail error. But hey, now we can. Uh, we got some gear to sport. Uh, I got a Jose Ramirez jersey and uh, one of those... Very soft jerseys with the hood. I just I, I find those to be comfortable to sleep in. Anyone else like those? Or is this just a me thing? Uh, sorry, cord. It's going into this series, I do my previews, and we'll do our previews for the next series as well. But the the thing was, like, the White Sox had this team dominated. They just did, and that's how it looked. Even But we talked about the White Sox were incredibly injured, and that certainly factors in. But at the same time, they were still the better team, but we did also discuss something very important, which is, you know, if Stephen Kwan steps up, it's a different team. You know, it, that changes one of the outfield spots. If some of these young players step up, now we didn't get to see Owen Miller play at all due to the COVID situation, but we talked about that, like, Owen Miller could pass Abreu this year. Kwan could pass, I'm blanking who's the left fielder currently uh, for the White Sox, It was because uh, right field is Vaughn, but... Yeah, there was there was ways that this team could be the better squad. And, I mean, they handled them this weekend. Uh, and the, here's the thing about the White Sox. We already know that it's a team that has some discord with their manager and some of their players. I'm not sure if people saw that Dallas Keuchel, just when you think you've seen it all, you really haven't, and then he left his interview after the game when they asked about his defensive support. I mean, I believe he's in the last year of his deal. Like, he is making statements. There is some discord in that White Sox team it, with that team in general and, and you know Keiko hasn't been good he just hasn't he's 34 years old uh it's but this is a team that needs him Vince Valesquez was let go by two organizations a year ago he's starting for them the last time Dallas Keiko was worth two or better war I just pulled it up was 2018 in Houston 
Since then, his best year was 2020, where he's a 1.8. Uh, he has been not good. That's why I was kind of amazed when the White Sox gave him the contract they did, because I'm like, this is not a guy you want to pay into his 30s. This is not a guy at all you want to pay into your th- into his 30s, especially because his 2015 year was clearly a peak, and then after that, his age 27, he was starting to decline already. I mean, lucky for the Guardians, <laughs> now the White Sox are still, I believe this is finally, yeah, it's a club option for 2023. So they'll be able to move on. I'm assuming they're not picking that one up. But yeah, this is a, a team that was just so beat up. And the Guardians took advantage of the beat it up, beat it up in this, the beat it, beat up. Either way, the Guardians stepped up and they beat up the White Sox and, and on their way to a first place uh, finish. Zach Plesak, you know, his starts, he's still not missing bats, which is what he needs to be consistently effective. But he's limiting walks and he's not getting hit hard. And six and two-thirds innings with one run, uh, two runs, I should say, one earned, a walk, seven hits, three strikeouts. Uh, Trevor Steffen gives up one unearned run, throwing the same play, a throwing error on him and on Ernie Clement. It's kind of a, a bit of a disaster there in the uh, what the seventh inning. And you know the, they had a chance to have the game get away, and uh, you know, Steffen quieted down, ended up pitching, you know, an inning and a third. Class A comes in, slams the door shut. Dylan Cease, they got to him. He's, you know, he is a dark horse rookie of the year candidate. Kendall Graveman, their big free agent addition, got to him. Uh, It's the lesser players who came in. And then Tim Anderson with error number four in the last two days. Uh, It's, it was, it was an interesting game in terms of performance. Uh, you know, I talked about moving Franville down, and what's he do? He hits a home run in the first inning after a Stephen Kwan double. Kwan reaches base twice in this game. It's the first time he's done that in a bit. Uh, but he's still, you know, he's down to a 382 average. Uh, Ahmed Rosario is still struggling. It, that's He played DH today, put him in the two spot because Straw didn't start. Uh, so, though Straw then came in late in the game, still got two at-bats, got a hit. Uh, Fran Mill's getting more time in the outfield. I like that. I like, I, again, because I feel like if you have Quan and Straw out there, you can deal with Fran Mill's defense, right? Like, those are two really strong defenders. That's like the ideal situation to get Fran Mill out there more, open up DH to some other players. And that DH spot is just flexibility. Uh, when you're calling up young players, when you want to see other, you know, giving someone like Jose some more downtime as well. Uh, you have so many middle infielders, it's just natural to have Jose sometimes DH and let one of the young kids play third just to rest Jose. So who reached base twice in this one? Well, let's just start at the top line. It's Stephen Kwan. We already talked about it. You had Jose Ramirez and Fran Reyes, both the two-hit games. Josh Naylor with a two-hit game. And then Andres Jimenez had a hit and a walk. So that's a two-hit game. Uh, Shroom, uh, not to to bel- uh, you know make the point, but he is hitting three eighteen now. I know it's small sample size. I appreciate our back and forth on on uh, on the YouTubes. Right. Do you have any more confidence in him? Is it going up maybe a little? 878 OPS. It is early. And like I don't expect either of those numbers to stay there. Uh, if he ended up anything north of an 800 OPS, that is a huge win. Uh, that is a phenomenal performance, and we should all be ecstatic with that. Uh, I mean, even Austin Hedges got a hit, right? When the catchers get a hit, you know it's a good game for the Guardians. Uh, everyone, even the pinch hitters, uh, which was Miles Straw, was the one. But everyone had a hit in this game, so that's it's just a complete performance. When they, 
you know, they jumped out early, gave up a run in the fourth, and they put us, you know, insurance runs in the fifth, the sixth. They got closer in the seventh, two insurance runs right back in the seventh. Uh, it was just a really strong performance in general by this offense. Uh, you're talking players of the game. I think you have to go with Plesak. I mean, he almost went seven innings of one run baseball, uh, one earned run baseball, I should say. That's uh, that's a really strong performance there. You have to give one to Fran Mill, who, for all of his struggles, and like I said, I talked about moving down in the lineup. If they do that, then he's not up there to hit that home run early on. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong. But he goes two for three with a home run. That's He's got to get one of those. And then I got to give it to Josh Naylor, who had a pair of hits and, you know, timely hits as well uh, in this game in a double. So you had Clement, Quan, and Naylor get a double. Reyes get, got a home run. Four extra base hits of their 13 hits in this one. Uh, when we're doing the whole fun game of, like, you know, what were the opportunities? Well, there was 13 hits, an error. That's 14 opportunities. And two walks, so you get 16 opportunities total. Getting six runs on 16 opportunities is a little high, but right around where it should be. Uh, Cleveland had two errors, and the White Sox had eight hits, so that's 10. 11 opportunities with a walk. To get three runs on 11 opportunities is, you know, a little low, but right about there. But that's been how it's been this whole three games, is that is not the first time I've been like, well, that's a little low for the White Sox and a little high for the Guardians. Uh, it just showed that the Guardians, it's a weird statement to make, but I'm going to make it, had more timely hitting in a series. And, I mean, just go and look at today's lineup. Look at the White Sox lineup. You know, Tim Anderson is a great player. Louis Robert is a strong player who I'm still not sure what he is. Uh, there's been injury issues and inconsistency issues. I'm kind of still waiting to see what he is. Uh, Lueri Garcia hit third. That's who they put third. I Second base is a position they need to upgrade. And they put the guy hitting third at maybe their weakest position. I, I don't understand it. Uh, Abreu at four. Grandal at five, who is scuffling. Like the, it's, it's, I've talked about Grandal for a long time. He was one of the few like great catchers in baseball. Complete guy. 348 OPS. Uh, Austin Hedges, who we make fun of all the time, only two, 291. It's not a huge difference there. Uh, going down, you know, Jimenez, Sheets, Berger, Hazley. Like, Hazley, Philly just gave away. Berger is, I mean, I loved him out of Missouri State, but he's been unable to stay healthy. Uh, Sheets is, man, I never thought it seemed as an outfielder. He Even in college, he's more of a first base only type, but that's the situation they're pressed into right now. And the Guardians took advantage of a team that was beat up. They did what they needed to, and they won this game. It was a fun, uh, overall a fun weekend, right? Like, when you beat the White Sox, you beat the team that's supposed to be the top of the division. It's not just that you beat them, you sweep. Let's get rid of the broom. They sweep the leg on this team. This was a complete get-a-body-bag, bury-this team. It caused infighting with the White Sox. This was not a fun time if you're a Chicago fan. But, man, right now when you look at... The Guardians. And Naylor has looked better than he's ever looked outside of that postseason appearance. You know, Jimenez and Rosario look close to league average-ish. Reyes, he'll get it together. Ramirez will get it together. You look at Straw and Quan, it's like, all of a sudden, this is not a bad lineup. Catcher is a black hole. <laughs> Catcher, they need something there. Uh, Mercado, I still think they need an outfield upgrade. But if if Miller just becomes your everyday first baseman, this team 
you know, projects massive improvement from a year ago. Because average was something we aspired to at like six positions as fans. Now we're saying, well, let's see what Owen Miller can do. Let's see if he can be about a league average player. Let's see if Stephen Kwan's going to be above. Let's see what some of the young players can do. Catcher is a poop show. Mercado, yeah, he brings stuff with the wheels, but he's he's not the a- answer in right field. You know, maybe it's someone internally. Maybe we see a Nolan Jones. Maybe it's something else. Uh, again, I don't think Lavastida is quite ready yet, and I think they'll take their time at catcher. It's like Hedges has been a stopgap, stop yeah, stopgap for two years. I think he'll continue to be that. They'll see if Naylor can take a step forward this year after an atrocious last year. But this is an interesting team right now that is ahead of schedule. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about that and preview the upcoming series all in a second on Locked On Guardians. Danger. <laughs> Danger. Uh, Built Bar has a header right now. Built Granola Bar is coming soon. Uh, yes, please. You know I love Built Bar. Uh, co- chocolate coconut, white chocolate berry, chocolate peanut butter. They do peanut butter well. I am going to sign up right now. If you go there, you can coming soon try the three unique flavors. I love Built Bar. Uh, and look, these are, for instance, the coconut, 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. Uh, these are very healthy, solid bars. It's the other day, the custodian work goes, oh, have you lost some weight? I see you're always eating healthy because she sees the Bilt Bar wrappers in my trash. Uh, I'm I, I'm going to sign up for this. I'm going to try and get this the minute it comes out. There's a chance I'll get a free uh, trial, but uh, forget that. Like I, I just love Bilt Bar. I am okay. I'm going to go there, so use that promo code LOCK15. This sounds amazing. This sounds awesome. I love Bilt Bar. Let's do a little bit of a happy dance. Like my, my son, he's seven months. Whenever he's happy, he kind of does this thing. Uh, that's what I, I'm copying him because that's what Bilt Bar does for me. Go to BiltBar.com today. Remember that promo code is LOCKED15 to save 15% when you go to BiltBar.com. Blue Niles are other fantastic. And I don't want to say other and make it sound bad. Uh, you know, this is a, a fine jewelry uh, that they have that it's something that if you want to get fine jewelry for mom for Mother's Day, uh, you want to get something original, something interesting, not something cookie cutter, not something from you know the store at the mall. You want to get some original fine jewelry from mom for Mother's Day, go to BlueNile.com. And you know you can, whatever it is, they, they sell many different types. It's not just you know one or two types of, uh, of jewelry you know, rings, necklaces, they they got it all. They got the full gamut uh, over at BlueNile.com. And, you know, Mother's Day, give mom something she should treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Sports. Listeners, get $5 off 500 This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. That way... You won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com. Okay, so the Guardians uh, are currently in first place. They are a game up on the White Sox, a game and a half up on the Royals, two games up on the Tigers, and two and a half games up on the Twins. Uh, in terms of making the playoffs, the Guardians have the third best odds in the division, according to Fangraphs currently. White Sox are still at 74%. The Twins actually have the second best uh, odds to make the postseason. I don't, like, I appreciate what the Twins have done, and they've been aggressive, but I still don't trust that pitching. I'm not sure I get quite that they're the favorites. I know they made the big addition. Uh, They went out and made some smart trades. I think the front, but, like, 
Byron Buxton's out again. <laughs> that it's like we should. I feel bad for them. Like we went through this with Grady Sizemore. Grady Sizemore is a, a talented Sizemore hurt a little bit more because like Sizemore was on a legit Hall of Fame track, and I, I anyone who disagrees with that is wrong. Go look at Brady Sizemore or Brady Grady Sizemore's uh, comps by age of base, baseball reference, which is why I said Brady. It's Barry Bonds and Duke Snyder before his injury. He was an amazing talent, and then he just got hurt. Uh, so I, I feel for the Brian Buxton situation, but losing Buxton, the pitching staff. I mean, Dylan Bundy was great the other day. Maybe he's going to bounce back. Maybe he's in every other year type. I've loved Joe Ryan. I am the driver of the Bailey Ober uh, fan wagon since his college days. Chris Archer has pitched well. Chris Paddock can't pitch any worse than he did a year ago. I still don't know if I trust it. And, you know, trading away uh, Rodgers hurts the back of that pen. And that pen was kind of shaky to begin with, in my opinion. I, it was not a pen that I thought had a ton of depth. So, yeah, I... I am curious to see how they'll do, but like I'm not shocked to see them at the bottom of the division. And then what happens at the deadline? Like I mean, remember that Correa deal is essentially a one year deal. He can opt out of that. So all of a sudden Carlos Correa is a trade candidate, uh, could be highly interesting. And if you're the twins, it might make more sense, right? Because better to get something than nothing. And they'll be able to do that. Um if they, because they, you know, they lost a draft pick, probably a second, knowing the size of their market, to sign him. So maybe a third, honestly, because the I don't think they had. No, they might get competitive balance picks. Either way, you know. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, apologize for the cough. Either way, they gave us some value, and it's uh, as a team, man. But that's not the team the Guardians are facing. I, I you know, I talked about it before. I'm going to be in Cleveland this weekend, so of course the Guardians are not going to be. Uh, I don't think we officially have a Friday starter. I kind of have been thinking it's going to be Eli Morgan or Tanner Tully or uh, McCarthy. As of now, uh, I was just going to kind of look. It's Yeah, it's Eli Morgan is the Friday starter. The Saturday starter is Kirk McCarty. And then if one of those games, someone doesn't go deep, and you'll see Tanner Tully is my thought, that they're going to have these guys go out there, stretch it out. I'm curious to see... With Eli Morgan, does he maintain velocity? Because his velocity has been up as a starter. Is he going to keep that velocity up? Is he going to continue to be, uh, you know, a, a really a plus version of Josh Tomlin? Because he misses bats. That changeup is such a legitimate weapon. Could that occur? Absolutely. Uh, I feel good for Kurt McCarty. He is, I mean, he's just pitched well. He has done, he is the performance over production. Uh, oh, Fangraphs, I wanted to pull up his stats, and it's telling me he doesn't exist. <laughs> Kurt McCarty does not exist at Fangraphs. Uh, but he's been really good. I talked about him a year ago when, like, the Guardians needed pitching help uh, around this time a year ago. I was like, well, he might be the best option in the upper minors for this team because uh, of his, it was, you know, because you get, there's what, Shane McCarthy and Kurt McCarty. Uh, don't get them confused. It is very easy. But yeah, just go look at his numbers. For his minor league career, walk per nine under three, strikeout per nine at nine. Home run per nine is a little high, but remember Columbus is a band box, and that's partially why he's he spent some a decent amount of time there. But yeah, it's uh he's he's pitched well. He's earned this spot. He was a seventh round draft pick. Uh, I believe he was a college teammate of uh, Nick Sandlin, so they were familiar with him. Uh, either who came first, McCarty or Sandlin? Let's see. McCarty was twenty seventeen. 
Sandlin had to be added at the end of last year, so that would have been four twenty. So were they both twenty seventeen drafts? Now I'm like, did they, did they double dip? Uh, <laughs> what everyone wants, someone looking up numbers. Uh, no, twenty eighteen was Sandlin, so they got McCarty from Southern Miss, and they came back and got uh, Sandlin the next year. By the way, can we talk about the 2019 draft or 2018 draft real quick? Bo Naylor will have to see. Ethan Hankins will have to see. Lenny Torres, we will have to see. But Sandlin in the big leagues. Richie Palacios will play in the big leagues. Adam Scott will play in the big leagues. Stephen Kwan has played in the big leagues. Cody Morris will play in the big leagues. Go further down. Brian Lavastida has played in the big leagues. Shane McCarthy, who I mentioned, the, uh, the right-hander, was the uh, 18th round pick that year, the kid out of Seton Hall. So they've had a lot of... So, no, McCarthy was not the one I was confusing, who was uh, the next guy up. McCarthy was the one who just, at age 22 in 2019, totally dominated his level. Struggled a little bit last year in Akron. I had some confusion there, but still. Uh, it's a, I mean, you look at that draft, that's not bad. Just all the names we mentioned, that is not a bad group of players. That's... You know, Kellen Roll, I'm still intrigued by. Aaron Pinto, they sent to the Arizona Fall Leagues. He could be someone who pitches for this team. Ruben Cartagenius uh, was traded to Tampa. Like, he was a valued player that was moved. Robert Broom uh, could still has a chance to be the t- best 10th-round pick in team history. This 2018 draft could be a monster. We sometimes talk about some draft classes, the ups and the downs. Go look at that class. That is a draft class that has the potential to be a monster class for your Cleveland Guardians. It's it is interesting. Like if Hankins doesn't work, how often the best classes are the ones where the first pick is not the successful one, where they can't get the first round down, but boy, can they get everything else to go in place? So yeah, that's uh man, I got off task there, but the big thing is we're they're they're going to New York. Nestor Coates, who had the first perfect inning of the year, is pitching Saturday. The lefty. James Tyon is the Friday starter, and then Aaron Savale versus Garrett Cole Sunday. That's going to be an interesting one just because Savale has arguably been the worst. I don't even know it's arguable. I think it's pretty objectively been their worst starter so far uh, in this series. So the the like if this series doesn't go great, I just want to caution patience because you're throwing out – you're stretching out a reliever. You're throwing a rookie who wouldn't even be on the team uh, if not for a COVID situation, and you're throwing out a pitcher who's had struggles. So if they win in New York, you got to feel really good about this team. If they have a bad weekend, there's a lot of reasons why they could have had a bad weekend. Uh, so I, I just want to caution that in terms of this matchup overall. Uh, I'm excited to watch it. We're going to take our second break here, come back, and discuss position by position which team is better. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. You know Bet Online. I've been bemoaning the fact I did not go ahead and do what I told you all to do. When it came to one Stephen Kwan in the Rookie of the Year race, uh, just in terms of, I was getting a good check ahead, go over to our good friends at Bet Online and see if they have Friday's matchups up so we could start doing the comparison uh, through all of these, you know, days and games about what I would say for the Indians or Indians Guardians matchup over here over at Bet Online. And rather than, let's just hurry up and. No, it's the Mets. So they don't actually have the Guardians game for Friday up yet. The only New York search uh, led to the Mets. So I can't get, tell you about that, but what I can tell you about it. It's your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, 
and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering info from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, let's compare these positions. Catcher, uh, advantage Yankees. You're like, are you, have you pulled him up? No, I haven't even pulled him up. It's what, Kyle Kyle H. and um, uh, Ben Rodovert, maybe? And they traded for Jose Trevino. That's what I forgot. I just pulled him up. But yeah, advantage Yankees. There's no point. Let's just move on. First base, uh, Anthony Rizzo is, is playing quite well. Uh, Guardians first baseman right now, uh, who has played the most games there this past week. I mean, do we count Naylor? Does he count first? Does he count right? Um, you know, Bradley had two games. Naylor had two games. And I think the other first base game went to Owen Miller. I'm going to say it's Josh Naylor right now is the, the first baseman. And uh, Naylor's playing well, but that's advantage Rizzo. Even though I think Rizzo is in massive decline, he's still a proven above league average bat. I cannot say that quite yet about Naylor. This is one of those things we talk about, though. There's a chance by the end of the season I've changed my tune on this comp. But that's a two-point advantage. Second base, TJ LeMayhew versus Andres Jimenez. Advantage Yankees, again, at that position. Jimenez, again, unproven versus proven. So, you know, I'm going to go that way. Shortstop, Isaiah uh, Kiner-Falefa versus Ahmed Rosario. Uh, I give advantage Yankees, like, because... KF is a really strong defender whose bat has been better of late, but his defense is his calling card there, and I feel more comfortable with him defensively than Rosario. So it's so far, it's a pretty massive four-point lead. Uh, you move to third base advantage Guardians. Donaldson's actually been pretty rough in the early going, but that's that's only a three-point difference. Moving the outfield advantage Guardians in center, uh, Hicks versus Straw. I think Straw is just proven to be a superior defender now and is someone you can count on a little bit more so we what's two positions so it's still just a two-point advantage for the yankees left field right field uh advantage yankees uh it's joey gallo and aaron judge dh you give the advantage to stanton as well uh over fran mill just because fran mill has struggled a bit like there's a point where maybe you that's not when they could flip or change but right now so this is one that is very crushingly the Yankees' advantage. Uh, starting pitching in this series, advantage Yankees with uh, Cole, Teon, and Cortez versus Morgan, McCarty, and Savale. And bullpen is going to be advantage Yankees. Clay Holmes uh, has been really good for them. Jonathan Loizaga has been not so good this year, but... Uh, he's, he's been a reliable arm in the past. Chad Green is not as strong as he's been, but he's been reliable. Michael King, it is a Lucas uh, Lutej has been good the past two years. They have a lot of depth. Uh, Chapman's a terrible human being, but he's also good at baseball. So, yeah, they, they've built a strong team. Uh, now I say that, but on paper, they have not been good. Uh, not even a little, not even at all it's been a team of consternation from what i've seen on my twitters maybe i'm wrong maybe they're not as bad and just yankees fans freaking out over nothing uh, i mean they're a game back so maybe it's yankees fans freaking out over nothing uh but they're they're seven and six uh definitely one of those things where i think people are feeling like they've underachieved they're not doing what they need to and in terms of performance it is a stark divide uh you know guys like gallo and donaldson are really struggling with their performance. Uh, 
the catching position is, has been very uneven. But, I mean, they have depth. Like, Glybar, we didn't even talk. Glybar Torres has been really bad as well. But he, what, four games at second base? You know, they're moving players around, getting everyone opportunities. Marwin Gonzalez is on their bench. They've got players. They've got pieces. They have depth because they can buy depth, which is something which is just the advantage of being the New York team. You can buy depth when you are the Yankees. And they've kind of done that. Then they also have, like, Tim LaCastro playing, which is always like, well, I think he, did he just get called up or just get sent down? He was just recalled. Where it's like, really? He's the best one with all the money you guys have? Like, he's, I, I'm kind of surprised. But uh, the Yankees are an interesting team just in terms of they don't seem to know what they're going to do entirely. And they're, you know, straddling this fine line in terms of spending uh, the Aaron judge situation is hanging over their heads I think they're gonna wait I, I think they're just gonna kind of let that play out and if they have to it's like Aaron judge is 30 I, he'll be a free agent at the end of the year he's not like the youngest player uh, being already you know like I said a 30 year old he's big six seven 282 bigger players tend to break down uh, earlier. It would be a rough loss for them, but I also see... I mean, it's the Yankees, so there is no logical reason to not. But, uh, I mean, I guess I can kind of see why a team in general uh, would be playing this out the way they are. But, yeah, it's... I look at this weekend, and I feel like every single matchup, you have to favor the Yankees. Like This is a weekend where the Yankees are... On paper, they are the better team in terms of talent. But I'm going to be curious to see if... They can, you know, if the Guardians can steal one, steal two, see what some of the young players can do, like McCarty, like Tully, and just enjoy what has been an enjoyable-to-watch, fun, young team continue to play an enjoyable brand of baseball. They're building towards something. I'm not sure if it, this year is really a year I expect postseason, but very quickly, this is a team that is going to be built to contend. And everyone focuses on the Royals, uh, and the Tigers and the Royals young pitching is kind of not worked uh, the Royals like remember it's like yeah everyone's excited for Bobby Witt but where's the rest of it like I loved MJ Melendez like I'm still a fan Nick Prado I thought you know I gave high marks to all of those but pitching wise all those big names have not come together I like the Tigers and what they've done uh, you know the the White Sox are here to stay but the Guardians' rebuild time is, is a rebuild on the run. It's very low, and it's going to be interesting as these players start hitting and the depth keeps coming that also gives them the pieces to go on and target something to get better, to play better, to be better. And then I, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. The next series is against the Los Angeles Angels. Pay attention. Uh, the Angels are currently... David Fletcher is hurt. So do you remember Andrew Valesquez, who was with the Guardians for like a month and a half, who has basically been with like seven baseball teams for a month and a half because he's an elite defender but hits worse than uh, Austin Hedges he's the Angels starting shortstop <sighs> do you know who's playing at second base uh, I did earlier I totally just blanked on this and I'm gonna have to pull it up it's someone equal you know not that unimpressive but a name you're like oh okay that's you're going with Tyler Wade who the you know is he's he's actually was pretty good this past week but was traded for Sonny Gray, I believe, has been let go by multiple teams. So go watch this Angels team this weekend. Uh, the, you know, the Yankees are the Yankees, whatever. But I'm telling you, get excited for next week. 
And I'm not going to get a chance to preview it because of my travel. But look at this Angels team. Realize the Guardians match up very well with them. They have all the infielders, and the Angels have none. And they don't have anyone who's really uh, near helping. And then realize that, like, Brandon Marsh has been awesome. Joe Adele is playing every day and has been solid. They still have Mike Trout. And then Taylor Ward, not my friend, but the baseball player, Taylor Ward. Go look up his data the last two years. Limited sample sizes, but just keep an eye on him. And if he doesn't have a natural spot, because Otani's the DH, and we got those other outfielders, and Jared Walsh is an interesting first baseman, uh, just keep an eye on Taylor Ward. That's what I'm going to say. This could be a target for the Guardians, and specifically when we start talking about that idea of an Ahmad Rosario deal something like that, uh, a player who the last, you know, last year in 240 plate appearances had a 111 runs created plus. So especially if you can open up that DH spot, it gives you a few more opportunities. Just something to keep in mind. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked On Guardians Podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It really helps our show grow. Subscribe on YouTube and hit the little bell to be notified when the videos come. Give me comments. I always respond to all comments. Uh, I give shout-outs on the show to, you know, people I interact with on uh, YouTube or Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Again, I'm going to be kind of quiet this weekend. Uh, It's one of my last unmarried buddies. I am in the wedding. Uh, Shout-out to Tom. at the He's uh, getting married in Cleveland and then reception at the Natural History Museum. So uh, I'll be back in Cleveland this weekend. Unfortunately, no baseball for me. Hopefully, the Guardians can win some, though. And as I end every episode now, go, go, Guardians, go.